Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to the Boys Read the Bible. Uh, we ran into some. This is the second time we have failed to record chapter 10 of Genesis, the Table of Nations. So, what we're going to do is. Uh, we're me and Alex are just gonna do a ten minute quick run through and put that up after this episode. Um, or just I mean, to, we might put it at the start of this episode. So you probably oh, are, you probably yeah, have already right. heard it. I can just edit uh, it in. You're right. It will be edited. I kind of it yeah, is edited. It, it is edited. You did hear it. <laughs> How was it? Luke is having Feedback? a fourth dimensional dilemma. Oh, here. it was good. I really, I really like that one part where you mentioned the the sons. The sun, that was yeah. great. Yeah, I really the begat. Yeah, the part yeah, where yeah. they say that that one guy is the son of another guy. Yeah. I really appreciate how delicately you handled all of that really controversial racial and and uh, nationalistic, you know, text. I'm really, I really liked it too. Yeah, I'm glad how you guys handled that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of our listeners could definitely get the wrong idea even just reading the text yeah. without any narration. They they could misunderstand a lot of the uh, nationalism and uh, language barriers in that chapter if someone less eloquently and more bluntly described it. Yes. Maybe someone we do have on for the show often. Yeah, man. That would be inconvenient. Indeed. And it's not you. No, no. God, no. <laughs> not looking at Nick either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I think before we do anything... Uh, I know Luke and I have already introduced ourselves earlier yes. in the podcast. We oh, yeah, we do need to do this again. You're right. Please ignore uh, Baker in the background shaking a martini. That's what you're hearing right now. Yeah, he's making a whiskey sour with raspberries. Mm. It's they're, a noble pursuit. They're very good. They're delicious. But it is loud. Uh, yeah. So we're going to get in. So I'm, I'm just going to do a quick introduction for the people that have joined us mm. for uh, Chapter 11. Uh, we got Nick over here. Howdy. Uh, we got Andrew in the kitchen currently, but he'll join us in a sec. Howdy. And then we have Noah. Good evening, planet Earth. And we have uh, Luke is reading the NIV. Andrew is reading the New American, New American Standard. Uh, Nick is reading the message. Noah's also he, Noah's holding an NIV. He just held the message like he's selling it on an infomercial. <laughs> uh, and we have uh, Alex reading the KJV. And Noah is reading the NIV. Uh, so let's let's get into this and waste no more time because we just wasted a lot of time on yeah, chapter 10. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit later than we expected. We didn't expect to be in the state, but we are here now and we're going to enjoy it. We're drunker is, and higher than we started. So that's good news. <laughs> I was just surprised to find myself in the state of New Mexico. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're still in the 505. He's still alive. I still know how I got here. That's <laughs> <laughs> I checked. Uh, this is Connecticut. Yeah, our, our our friend Nick, he's a bit of a traveler. Yeah, yeah. a bit he of is a nomadic traveler. Yeah. He, dri- he drives the Subaru. Yeah, you know, you know you're international if you're rolling in a Subaru. He's one of the only people here that doesn't drive a Subaru. I know. That is true. <laughs> All right. It, really, <laughs> hey, it kind of <laughs> depends on the way you look at it. Uh, Anywho. To Anywho, the Tower of Babel. To the Tower of Babel. Babel. Uh, so, chapter 11 of Genesis, verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Sounds pretty positive, bro. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. It's like, hey guys, (laughs) let's use advanced techniques to build buildings instead of the old way. That's way more inconvenient. Yeah, and unite under one language. Absolutely. Make a name for ourselves. (laughs) Make a name. Oh, we did. Shem, according to their families, according to their languages, by their lands, according to their nations. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That was some. Yeah. So uh, that was something we lost in recording our discussion. But it's about. something but that Alex, we'll, we'll go, go ahead and say your thoughts on it, that. It's something that we'll come back to, and we already did. Uh, we did just come c- back to it. It seems like it's kind of antithetical to the whole huge part of ten, where it three times basically used the same scheme. To say, you know, you are of your own people and yeah. you are a certain way, you live in a certain place, and you you speak your own language. Yeah, it, it's very specific about these groups of people that are the sons of Shem, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japhet having different languages. And then it just 180s here and says, uh, now everyone has the same language. But you, which, wa- you wonder if, because verse 2 of uh, 11 is, and it came to pass. As they journeyed from the east. See, my does that, mine does, says it came about as they journeyed east. Is that kind of saying that is it is eleven one redescribing before you know the sons of Noah separated? Yeah. Well, it says as people. Is moved. it is it is it basically just returning saying, okay, just to recap, this is where we came from. Yeah. The the whole earth was of one language and one speech. Then the story is of Noah, and it came to pass. Yeah, mine doesn't have that. Yeah, mine okay. doesn't have a but transitional. mine is a newer version, Same. which doesn't necessarily mean it's less or more accurate. It's just a yeah. I'm just I'm just really trying to make it work because if that's not the case, it is just so inconsistent with the last. <laughs> so it is worth calling back to since it's been a couple chapters now. But in chapter one and two, that does happen. The Bible. Well, okay. So if I was to make an apologetics argument, I would say that uh, the Bible is not necessarily chronological. Uh, it's it's narrative. So it could be like in chapter one and two where God creates man and woman, and then in chapter two he does it again, air quotes. It could just be reiterating, and you assume the, the, the right courses of action occurred for it to be now that there is one language. But... It doesn't necessarily mean it's the case because the book doesn't explain that. And we're reading in his literature. So right right now, there were a bunch of different languages and now all of a sudden there's one. It happens. It happens. We all find ourselves yeah. there. You're talking to someone with a thick Cajun accent and all of a sudden... Boba Phillips is gone. Phillips. I mean, also in an apologist uh, angle could be we have no idea the time period of all of this yeah. uh, for what sounds like they're describing a singular week could probably be the course of I don't know 300 years I have no clue there's no way of really telling they don't really specify any specific um, yeah. you know no time scale throughout most of this book yeah no and that kind of ties into the uh, uh, classic apologetics of like the seven days of creation are not or the six days of creation are not, are not necessarily days just because it's literature, it could be being creative. Yeah, it's but. it's like, uh, you know, the specifics aren't, like, huge. Yeah, here's the story. Yeah, yeah, the story is, like, first, and then the specifics are kind of second, but... It's interesting, the church that I grew up in goes a little bit back and forth on that. Really?
Oh, that we know for sure. That's a sin. You know what we didn't do that we have always done is, Andrew, you've never been on an, for an episode. I have never been on for an episode. So you have to tell us how you met our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. Uh, so I've known my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, since I was out of the womb. Um, I was baptized as a child, went through confirmation, and in going through so confirmation... Catholic. Yes, Catholic. Okay. Like hardcore Catholic. Hardcore my mom's Catholic, Irish. Which we have not had hardcore Catholic on for yet. We've had a lot of other options, but hardcore Catholic is a fresh flavor. Your new blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I don't want to out the church here on the podcast, just that I have but some it, but deniability. It, but, it's but, the, but it's the Catholic one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Catholic one. Do that what That's you the will. That's one you can talk about. I guess I... Uh, All the others are forbidden. I, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just saying in this instance. Of course. These were some troubling patterns I saw in my church, in All the right. congregation that I was a part of. This is a, a double Catholic whammy because I am also Catholic. Yeah, I was about to say, Nick, the episode where you introduce yourself for the first time Gonzo. is lost to history. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead, what? How did you meet our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Uh, I grew up somewhat Catholic. My mom's pretty Catholic. My dad is. He's just there. And so uh, I kind of know I went through catechism, didn't really pay attention, but uh, I got confirmed. I ate the little crackers. I've had better, but they weren't bad. I love it because this side of the room would be Catholic, and this side of the room is like hippy dippy non denominational Unitarian yep. bullshit. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're on the Catholic couch. All right, so uh, with those introductions in place, uh, Let's let's jump back into it. Uh, any anything else beyond the immediate contradiction of languages? Yeah, yeah. This just I never got cha- got taught chapter ten, the descendants of Noah, in the church that I went to. The chapter eleven or ten? Uh, chapter ten. Me okay. Either. Oh, okay. We did we did just discuss it. But it feels like a, it's a little bit cursed audio, so yeah. you might have an explanation of it, or you might not. Yeah. Um, Luke and Alex are being real cavalier about the amount of editing that they're doing for this episode, so I want to... What It would take us ten minutes, and we'd hit every single... We already have. You already... You listeners already know what's up. Yeah, man. I don't need to explain they're myself to you people. like we edited it in. It's been there from the start. Since you guys are here, we may as well go ahead and discuss the Table of Nations because me and Alex can give the deets on it. But it, it is, I, it's interesting that your strict Catholic church skipped the Table of Nations to some degree because it's a little problematic. And it's weird that they knew it was. Yeah, who they were. Yeah. And yeah. what their civilization was like and why they were hated and uh could could that have, to be could that have been like a way to appeal to people outside of Europe? You know, like when they were distributing Oh most I, definitely. Like like especially here in the Americas. The Americas and uh like I think how that useful might be is part that of the Catholic side or the Irish Catholic side? Just because there's a long history of Christianity in Ireland that is very brutal and, and ugly painted over so and I could imagine that like talking about it in a church could really quickly become problematic as soon as politics change because oh, if yeah. your politics mm-hmm. are associated with your religion as soon as global politics as they shift, often are your religion doesn't and so it kind of it would be easier to just skip over it because like if you're if conservative alliances around the world change one year those conservatives, not to say all liberals can't be religious, but those conservatives have religious affiliations that have an entire chapter that very specifically state who are enemies and who are friends. And so that could be a problem if you teach everyone as a part of that religion who's a friend and who's a foe, just because it's not very flexible. Part of what I like is if teaching it as literature is that you're able to like... So, yeah, that's something to keep in mind is we are focusing on it as literature. Addressing it as a religion, but the it's foreshadowing for later genocides. And what? me and Alex will talk about that in more detail. What's up now? I had one note on the passage, actually. 
uh, I was discussing it outside while we were, and we're not sponsored by anything, but we, we were enjoying a Willie Nelson brand, uh, Willie Nelson Reserve, and it was lovely. But uh, one thing that I thought about out there was, <laughs> it's interesting how they Sounds write... Sounds like it's whiskey when, when you... Thank you, Willie. It's some marijuana. <laughs> um, <laughs> a Willie Nelson Reserve, yeah. out of context, really sounds whiskey like whiskey. River. It does. <laughs> whiskey River. Anywho, uh, I was thinking, I find it fascinating how they point out um, they decided to build bricks out of uh, material using modern tactics, and it's almost uh, talked about in a negative light, it seems to me, in the passage. It's almost a, a damning, uh, you know, piece of evidence. Like, you know, instead of using stone, they use tar and they use, they, they use these bricks. Like, yeah, that's, so that's, that's uh, they're, they're developing too much. I've got some notes on that. Yeah, dude, I figured you did because it's, it's very, uh, Dar- like, Darwin-y kind of, like, you know, I mean, weird. Mine, mine, it just seems like it says it matter-of-factly. It, I mean, it depends it, on the connotation of the word slime, because that's what mine says. Oh, instead of like uh, mortar, huh. yeah, no, in mine slime, says tar. It says in sli- in yeah, slime instead of tar. Mine says mortar. No, and it's misspelled mortar too. It's spelled with an er. Well, no, yeah, mine says slime had they had had they for mortar. Oh, it says slime instead of tar. Yeah, tar. Oh. Yeah. That's how it's generally... Yeah, mine is a tower. And what we said previously is I brought up that commonly... I've, I've heard the... It's, it's a rumor to me that um, towers in this context were more akin to uh, ancient, like, like pyramid-looking things. I'm spoiling stuff. I- so, uh, in, to address your comment about brick and mortar, uh, I, got, I got two points on that. Uh, bri- brick and mortar. Great song by... Don't know. Uh, <laughs> just look up brick plus mortar, the plus symbol. Yeah, just look up brick plus. <laughs> mo- Stop listening to this. Look up brick plus mortar, the plus symbol, spaces between. And then go look in the Absolute mirror banger. and question your life choices. <laughs> okay. Luke, you've done a dangerous thing opening up the podcast to music recommendations. Yeah, I have. I have. Oh, only God, if it's no specific, sponsor. like like word for word relevant. That's our rule. Okay. <laughs> That's precedent. Br- the brick and mortar thing. Um, if you're going to take a Christian apologetic standpoint, the typical uh, answer to why that is notably wrong uh, is that it's waterproof. And as if we remember correctly, God literally just promised to never flood the earth again. Huh. So by building a gigantic waterproof tower... Shows distrust. It's a little bit of distrust of Yahweh. Uh, so... A lot of a lot of the time, wow. a Tower of Babel story reads as a little ridiculous of God, and I won't spoil. Yeah, it's a big covenant, uh, but that's a bit of a cause before the effect. Is they built a waterproof tower that is an act of distrust of God, and in uh, addition to that, in this section we read, um, they come together as one, which is a direct rebellion against God's request in Genesis nine ten for them to spread across the earth and he said they uh, weren't supposed to unite they were supposed to spread they said lest we be scattered yeah. uh, let us yeah. uh, build a tower exactly um, and God wanted them to scatter yeah lest you be together he said exactly um, yeah. now go scatter and make different nations he said Genesis 9-10 for people who actually God. have a bible in front of them which is probably zero but yeah, that, that's what's going on with that brick and mortar thing. And it's not, it's it's really unclear if that's what the text actually means. But it's good but speculation. It's, that that would be what an apology, a Christian might say about why God not randomly a bad answer. does this thing that I won't spoil. It's not a bad answer. <laughs> All right, starting at five. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold... The people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, 
and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So this, this section to me, it almost reads kind of like a different story about the same table of nations, like a different perspective on the yeah. same event. I could see that. I didn't. I've never thought of considered that, but it does kind of read that way. Of like the Genesis one two thing of like they're defiling my same exact story, orders. but different like perspective. Yeah, yeah. Same for the Noah comparison of like with the brick and mortar. It's waterproof. This would also be a look, guys. I have just written this down. Yeah, of, yeah. Of how you are, what what you speak, who you are, and where you live, and now and, you're. Uh, I honestly have never. I've always. Uh, that's thought a very the good. Tower yeah. of Babel story is ridiculous. It's just God getting grumpy. But it's a lot of when stuff. I was doing research on this, I'd never heard the like. Uh, well, they did specifically defile God's law. Yeah, and God had some big... like, And I think that's a very... There's a lot of repetition in these stories. Think about it. The Garden of Eden, there's one big rule that they broke. There's always yeah. one big rule that gets broken yeah. and then like a penalty for it. That's That seems to be like a very repeating biblical, Quranical, uh, you know, Torah, which we're currently reading. You know, that yeah. seems to be a very common Middle Eastern religions theme. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that God wants to control everything yes. and and does control everything, but also allows yeah. controls a lot. Can, can. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very selective on that. One thing I really like about the the translation of the message is that uh, God kind of sounds like a like a Scooby Doo villain <laughs> because he says uh, they phrase it as. One people, one language. Why, this is only a first step. No telling what they'll come up with next. Pull they'll stop at nothing. I was halfway expecting him to say, and they would have gotten away with it too. But is, is he saying that he he couldn't destroy the tower? Like, did it say that? No, I think he just destroyed? did it because he was like throwing like a, a, a hissy fit almost about it. I mean, he respects hard work. It's a nice tower. I mean, yeah. It's, also, it's a good tower. Yeah, yeah man. May as well keep like, it up now that also, it's, it's like there. A, I'm not going to destroy your hard work, but I will make it impossible for you guys to understand each other. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, so overboard. Yeah, it's, it's a little much, a little extra. Andrew. Yeah, so uh, he does very specifically... Yeah, this is a fun one I shared with Andrew before I knew Andrew was jumping in for the episode, uh, but that still doesn't spoil anything. Verse 9 says, uh, That is why it is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. For there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. So in verse 9, it... it it makes a very fun pun, uh, and you might not notice it if you don't know where Babel, the word, actually comes from, but uh, Babel is obviously not a Hebrew word. It's an uh, Akkadian word, because Babel was a Babylonian city, right? So it's not Hebrew at all. They're translating a different word. So this, for some etymology going on... Uh, Babylim is the Akkadian word for the gate to God, uh, which is exactly what, what this they were book doing, says a, they a were tower trying to that do. High enough right? that they would be like God. Exactly. A very they, satanic pursuit. One of the first satanic pursuits in the Bible that's recorded. Well, okay. So, and that gets into some stuff you've talked about in previous episodes. Bel, uh, a uh, portion of that word, is French the supreme beautiful. Babylonian God. Uh, and the supreme Babylonian god in Hebrew is Baal, mm -hmm. uh, which we've talked, well, Noah's talked about Baal before, I, I think. I, I probably, uh, I, I, there's, you I probably have to have. have. Uh, uh, let me just do it real quick so I have Baal and Moloch, the two ancient gods, some old rich people occasionally worship them still today. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Okay, so say. Baal is the Hebrew word for a lord, like uh, uh, the political position. Uh, it, the etymology goes even further. Uh, the uh, bell or ball in Hebrew, bell in Babylonian, is the word for uh, the Lord. In Hebrew, it's not the Lord; it's a political title. I I think uh, the ruler, the leader. Uh, in in Babylonian or Akkadian, it's the word for the supreme god, the Lord, as it would be capitalized, mm -hmm. like like a, a proper noun. So it's a play on words because uh, there is a word in Hebrew called balbal, which means confusion or a really poorly played instrument. So 
for God here to name the tower the Tower of Babel, not only is he saying that they have the wrong God in mind, they're confused, but he's also confusing them with language. So not only were they confused to build a tower to the wrong God, Baal, or Bell, they were also confused in language so that they were disharmonious, as an instrument is. So it's like a three-layer pun. Wow, God got jokes. I mean, yeah, God, 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 God got jokes. jokes. On, like a, on like a fourth layer, it's also like a slight diss at the Acadians. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, the fifth layer is that a couple of centuries later, the Acadians adopt a word called, uh, or a word called, uh, a word that sounds like bala, which is the exact same as Baal-Baal in Hebrew, meaning confusion. So their god's name in Akkadian, a couple hundred years later, comes very close to the same word as confused. Yo, that's powerful. Yeah. If they actually, you know, affected that change. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's the Bible... a fifth layer to the pun is is that is that. Oh my uh, god! Two hundred to three hundred years later, they were the, their words for confused and god are very similar. So it's, it's that a fun is pun. brutal. It's it's quite the roast. <laughs> Not many puns that good. I bet you. It's I bet you the guy who wrote roast. this down was like writing it down. He's like. That's a <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Not too many people are going to get it, but those who do. <laughs> that's kind of my favorite part about it, too. It's like it's one of those jokes you have to work hard to get. But yeah, that's what's going on with that one. I, that was my favorite thing I uh, I picked up when I was when I was putting together this. Uh, this I whole also section. find it fascinating how um, and we've talked about this in previous episodes. It just goes to the further polytheistic world of the Bible, which is. Yeah often of the old testament i should specify which is often misunderstood um in the old testament there are a few times where god is spoken to in plural or as plural and this is another yeah. case where they bring up another god without saying oh this god is a fake god or this yeah, god no, is no verse, it's verse just seven another god go to god. let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand our speech. It specifically says, let us go down again, which is something we commented yeah, on let, in let, the early Genesis. Let all of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a group that's representing this Yahweh. Here, here's Lord. another yeah. a dual example of God referring to himself as plural. And also, and a lot of Christians will say, oh, that's the Trinity. But this is the Torah, yep. considered by a lot of people to be a separate document. Uh, completely yeah. written in a completely different really time period. That's actually a good periods. way of putting that, yeah. Which is it, a fact, is I mean... A different, it's technically a different book written by different people with different beliefs. And if you flip to yeah. the New Testament, I mean, it's evident. Like, it's so evident. Like, it's yeah. it's already been evident so far. It's been very yeah. evident. Christians can say all they want, that's representative of the Trinity, but it doesn't matter because this was written by Jews that did yeah. not believe in the Trinity. Yeah, Trinity-y. that did not even know the name Jesus. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. There's also kind of like a... A message in this that toward like collective collective effort towards stuff. Yeah. That yeah. like you know you can you can be powerful enough to piss off a god and scare a god. So you're saying God's not a communist? It doesn't. This would indicate god, maybe it would not. Appear God is the opposite of a communist. I it mean, would appear. I would say this seems like tyrant behavior. Still, yeah, it would be tyrant behavior. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't I don't know what those guys were talking about. Like God heard everything, so like. Yeah. Maybe he heard some stuff he didn't like. Yeah. He's like, don't make me come. I'm coming down there. I'm com- building a little tower. Not so I'm not going to completely not- write him off. But it, from just <laughs> reading from this, it seems like tyrant behavior. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. it I'll give it to him though. It's creative. It is creative. Devil it's super creative. There's some more fun about this tower of Babel to be had. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So, does out of curiosity, do you guys does this seem real? Yes. Uh, well, I'm gonna boldly say yes. Of the table of nations, it, it seems like there are a lot of people who think this are real. Mm-hmm. Are these things? Alex, I'm, I'm ready for everything. You're ready for anything. Everything and anything. Okay, Nick. I'd really like to see that tower if it is. You want to see it? Oh yeah. All right. Is it still up? And don't Noah. tell me it's still up. All right. Here's my position. I do believe it's real because, um, for one. Christianity and Judaism have been the, you know, have desecrated most pagan civilizations, which, from what we understand, some of them have been quite vast and extensive, not just, you know, like, 
like some of them been like cities and like yeah. intelligent people who did science and stuff. Yeah. Um, I figure what this is, since this is a ball religion, for one, it, it's more Lucifer Bell. Bell at the time. I recently learned when I was uh, investigating. We probably just mispronounce it. It's very similar to Yahweh, where Yahweh is an acronym for the for the Lord's name. Uh, Bell is a unfinished version of the god Ball. I'm just gonna oh, call so, it Ball. So, right so if we're now. trying to respect, we say yeah, Bell. You don't say its full name. I don't like you say Yahweh. You don't say the I, name. I, of it's Lord. not a god. I personally, it's <laughs> yeah. not a deity. I it's personally. It's very interesting that it's the same kind of thing where you don't say the name. Essentially, what I think though is absolutely. I don't think it's the same as what's in everyone's imagination, but I do believe yes, there most definitely was a group of people that are like. Yeah, fuck this diaspora, fuck this separation, let's create our own... They had Nimrod, who is a very strong leader. Sargon of Akkad. Sargon of Akkad. In this context, Nimrod. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> whatever, man. Like, like, yeah, but they had a strong the leader. Nimrod. <laughs> they, they, they had a strong leader. Um, also, they had a strong god at the time that was highly revered as a... You know, it had a very strong presence considering it was a child sacrifice god there's long record of that for sure even at a time i believe didn't the nation of israel turn to Baal and Malak? whether or not god came down in this context of the literature as we've been reading it yes i do believe all that happened because it's exactly the kind of thing because if you look at it in the sense of this is a child sacrifice that is not being a child sacrifice is like the most powerful thing in the ancient world and for a child sacrifice to go to another deity that is not him yeah. That's pretty, that's a bold middle thing. And to build yeah. a tower that is dedicated Wait, to said God. A, they're doing a child sacrifice there? Well, that's what they're Baal not, is. But, well, and Baal was not necessarily child sacrifice. But, but a sacrifice animal. God. He was a yeah. blood God. Any, what I'm trying to get so down is to. That's what I'm trying to say, though. Yeah. That's my point is that Yahweh was upset we'll because sacrifice blood sacrifice, sacrifice is very powerful. And for God, Yahweh is clearly a jealous God. And for there to be blood sacrifice and towers built for a God that's not him. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go down and regulate on those motherfuckers? Be like, yo, this is my joint. You, yeah. you know, like you worship me, my rules. Like, you know what I mean? If you're really wow. the power tripping guy that has been described, described in this book, that's exactly what you do. You go down there face to face. You wouldn't yeah, send no, angels. No, no, no. You get up in the yeah. grill, man. It's personal this time. Yeah. So I have wonderful news for uh, everyone. I can't wait. It is a real tower. And we're going. And we're I called going. it. Noah was right. One in a million. Yeah. So, uh... The, so, where are we going, though? Because there's a lot of people, different people around the world that claim to have a Babylon. Fertile Crescent. I yeah. Bet. It's definitely the Fertile Crescent. The exact location is known. Uh, hmm. And sadly, I did not take a note on that. Just Google it. Uh, how, how do they know? An archaeological dig. Uh, we we have found the Tower of Babel. Uh, it is was it still a intact? real thing. It is not still intact. We only have the foundation. Uh, imagine if the pyramids were dismantled. And the history of it is really cool uh, because no one really knows what made it fall, which is probably why this story has gotten away with being the story of the Tower of Babel for so long because it's the only story about how it fell. Um, so... If the Bible's retelling is true, then it is the Tower of Edomenaki, which is a Babylonian tower, uh, and there's an archaeological dig that found it in 1913. Um, the reason we know that that is the tower is it's very specifically outlined in its geometry in a tablet uh, that is the Tablet of Aruk, uh, that was found, written in cuneiform, describing the exact construction of this tower. It's 91 by 91 by 91 meters tall, wide, and long. I did not know that. Is that is that part of the, the story of Gilgamesh? Because I seem to remember... It might be. Or it might just be in the same theme, because they were also Ziggurats. really... They really like talking about yeah. those, yeah. you know, like... Number by number by numbers. Yeah. Uh, My theory, I, I would say maybe even a possibility, what I was talking about earlier, I have, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just simply destroyed by another dominant religious group that happened to have a larger numbers. Yeah. And it was a, clearly a symbol of their, of what they, in, in, in their eyes, would be depravity and also, you know, another god, which is, again, you know, yeah. they, would, they would naturally, like, destroy it. So, there, yeah, there mm -hmm. are two general... 
theories as to what happened to the tower that are out of this theory. Let's call this theory three. Well, theory. because this sure. doesn't even, I mean, in mine, it doesn't say anything about the tower falling. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And the, the general like assumption of this story is that God knocks the tower down. It does not specifically say that. And it they would if he did. He confuses them. I feel yeah. like they would um, write it down. It's like, nice tower. Did. Maybe I'll figure out you can use it for me. Yeah. So the two general consensuses of what happened to the tower was Cersei's, which was, uh, you guys might recognize the name. Cersei's, yeah. But he's a very famous king of Persia that did a lot of. Uh, king shit, you know. You know, conquest. Uh, yeah, lots of conquesting. Lots and of winning, just, not a lot of losing. Supposedly, uh, destroyed the tower uh, in a siege, and the it, it wasn't a castle, so it would have been like um, Napoleon knocking off the nose of the Sphinx, just like a fuck you to the kingdom that built it. Not really a, a siege of the tower. The second theory is that Alexander the Great took it apart. Uh, for resources and to re rehabilitate it, because Alexander the Great had a huge focus at the time on uh, great works and uh, not necessarily preserving history, but you know, col- colonial preservation, preserving of the great wonders. Uh, yeah. And he was expected. It, it's proposed that he took the tower apart to rebuild it with his soldiers, the soldiers that had stayed in Babylon. Well. Air quotes Babylon. And he had no idea what was going to happen, you know. Yeah, and he never got around to rebuilding it. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> it happens, you know. Uh, you say, I'll get to it tomorrow, then you got a conquest. Next later. thing you know, yeah. you're being invaded. Yeah. yeah. But in 1913, the foundations of this thing that are 91 by 91 meters uh, were discovered uh, in a very small town that you can Google on Wikipedia that I didn't take notes on. Uh, you can and, Google it on Wikipedia? Well, you can Google it and then click on Wikipedia, yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and I've got a lot of fun facts about this thing. Uh, there's a lot of people who have claimed to tear down the Tower of Babel because it's at the time it would have been like a burning the White House. Like it, it would have been a really big military yeah, like accomplishment. Mad to street tear down cred. The Tower mad of street cred. So, and more, more, some more fun facts about this thing actually existing is that Herodotus, uh, a Greek philosopher, yeah, I mean, Greek. Historian, historian philosopher yeah. yeah more like a historian he wrote the histories which, which is, was like one of the basis basis for like how we record stuff now western yes. civilization yeah. yeah he said that it existed and he had a, has a very detailed recording of the rituals that occurred within the building at the top of it uh and nope. he claimed to have seen it uh that's like debatable a lot of the history of that's what's great about Herodotus is that like he just keeps shit. Well, he's telling the the entire story is from his perspective. He's like, and he gives you varying degrees of confidence. He was the first. Like, hey, like this journalist. is some stuff I know for a fact. And then and then he's like, yeah. uh, this is like a story I heard. Yeah, like yeah. He, Hunter, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Hunter S. Thompson was the second Gonzo journalist. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just set the foundations. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, and uh, would, if we have time, like if we could pull that up, that would be. Probably some interesting reading. Herodotus's claims. Yeah, we d- definitely could. Uh, if someone wants to pull up Herodotus can on I, the Tower I, of Babel, can I pull it up? On yeah, me? let me let me hand that over to you. In so I'm just reading Herodotus's uh, histories about it, and he he rather than describing a tower uh, of any sort within the city, and he actually goes into a lot of detail for what what his description of Babylon is. He says that there's uh, a main temple and I think a second temple. But the main yeah. temple is of Jupiter. In, yeah, yeah. The, with a statue ooh, of Jupiter. The second Weird. temple is called. I got it. Uh, the second temple is like called Babylonian Jupiter. Asaglia. The second. Asaglia. So so this in the um, the Babylonian creation story, there is a center of the world, which this guy Bel or Marduk comes down after defeating Tiamat, the force of chaos in the universe. I know that from D&D. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, so T- the name Tiamat comes from Sumerian myth. But uh, this this guy, Bell, destroys Tiamat, and his father, um, Enki or Enil, I get him confused, uh, kind of um, gives him the throne, and he creates a, a connection point between Earth and the heavens, and supposedly, 
that is his temple, uh, the Tower of Babel, which is called uh, Edomenaki. But across from that tower is Anglia, which is a like a cultist a temple where the people who took care of the tower would have spent most of their time. It was the it was the more manageable temple, but that that's also similar. The, to the fun of it is it grants a lot of legitimacy to the story of these men making a name for themselves, air quotes, and becoming gods, and God fearing that of them building a temple that literally, to them, connected to the heavens, to the earth. I, I was about to say over here in tinfoil hat land, personally me, as like a kind of a wacky conspiracy character on this show, I would say <laughs> a lot of people would look at that and say, that's the first instance of a portal being opened on earth. Yeah. And reasonably so, that would worry God. And that would make sense for all that. Why would he be so concerned over a mere symbolism? Uh, you know, like, why would he take uh, infinitely uh, knowing and wise God take offense and, and act so brutishly? But then if you think of it in the context of these people may have, like, uncovered some kind of technology that he really did not want them to figure out, such as opening a portal that can allow other uh, gods or deities or allow them to become as powerful. And universal language. I exactly. Mean, that's not to be underestimated. No, that's a powerful thing and something that he probably would worry about controlling, and I know that's going to be controversial saying. It's like, ah, oh, oh, dang, these, like these humans were already a handful. And now, they now, now they're two handfuls. Now they can communicate fluently. It's, this, is, this is a problem. So I'm curious... Uh, without any of that backstory, what you guys thought about the story as it reads on the page of a god being grumpy, people have a language, and knocking down their tower. Should we go around the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andrew, Andrew. How do you feel about the story of Babel with no context? Like, like ignore all of this shit about the tower being real, the god being a play on words, all of that fun stuff. How do, like, narratively wise, what is this read as? Narratively wise, it's just, like, an early chapter where it's, like... If I could compare it just to another, like, literary work, it's, like, Harry going to Diagon Alley to, like, pick up school supplies before going to Hogwarts. You don't, just... you, don't, you don't think that was pivotal? <laughs> That's where he got his wand, do bro. We need to, do we need to read J.K. Rowling's masterpiece again? The... Okay. Hundreds of pages long. True. Nick, where are you at? Well, without context? Yeah. It seems kind of out of the blue that all of a sudden, all right, we're building a tower. <laughs> Everybody's together. We figured out what we wanted to do. We're just going to build up. There's nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> it felt pretty left field all of a sudden after all these all these suns and nations are coming up. They decide, all right, guys, we're going up. We're, we're going, going up. up. <laughs> Yeah, Alex. Um, how how does this feel? Um, it seems like a frightened god, <laughs> which is odd for an, for a, for such a powerful lord to be frightened. But maybe it's just a testament to people and the power of people. Uh, that's all I really got from it. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm I I'm looking for it in my translation, but if you guys could too. Oh, and there's uh, there's actually one other. S sentence that or I mean uh, verse 8 so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city I it, did they go go to build another city or mine says they had to quit building the city yeah, so, so they never got to finish so that lines up more with the historical accounts regarding the Tower of Babel is that it's unfinished and that that's kind of the God didn't knock it down, which is the usual understanding. It, it, it doesn't happen in the story. They leave. They just stop working on it. They start, stop working together because they can't. Because yeah, they can't speak to them. They can't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Well, what I get out of it without context is uh, this is like the second big um, counter to this religion, which always seems present throughout the Bible. In the first, it was the serpent, which, you know, kind of informs Eve, if you eat this fruit, you will understand morality, you will understand good and evil, you will understand life and death. Yeah. Um, in this case, this is God observing not just one person, but an entire population uh, for another time, not just becoming corrupted, but becoming smart enough 
to become close enough to him, close enough to his yeah. level of existence. To spook. That's what that's what it that's yeah. what it and, implies. And and yeah. Baker referred to another uh, literary work. I cannot remember for the life of me. Just look up conversations with the devil. It's a very, I believe it's a early. 20th century uh, essay. No, yeah, look up conversations with the devil, and uh, what he says is what what you call what you humans call God, and what I fear the absolute most is you all figuring out the potential of your own power and strength. We prey on your ignorance of how strong of beings humans are, and I think what this was, in a sense, was another God was showing these humans even further how powerful they were and in their understanding of things. And that's what God got pissed about the first time in the garden is of how, you know, you know, the veil got lifted. The, the story reads a lot like the garden of Eden where, uh, God like says something on the lines of, and man has become like us, uh, yeah. where there's like a, a clear fear of, uh, that God has to preserve his godness. The separation between the, man and God. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what they began to do. Uh, and now nothing which they purpose, propose to do will be impossible for them. That's uh, verse six in mind. Yeah, it, it like he clearly is, and I I think I misspoke earlier. I thought that it specifically cites him as being afraid of what man can do, and maybe that's some translation. But it definitely implies that he has like a fear of man's capability, which is fun narratively the as very literature. Least he's yeah, yeah, and he does something about it too, <laughs> yeah. which is he takes action. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me though, because as what I said, it's just like a from the perspective of if this was the reality of it, if all deities were scared of mankind, they would constantly put us in a state of ignorance to where we could never understand our full capability as spiritual yeah. beings, not just as physical beings, but as spiritual beings. And clearly, that has a part of it. Yeah, um, the ascension is frightful because they under—they already know because since we are their creation, that uh, they know what the capability of since we are allegedly created in the image of yeah. this all-powerful thing. Why wouldn't we be as equally all-powerful? Simply, we just didn't understand it. That's one of the reasons they wanted. You know, the serpent really enticed the fruit to understand that capability. That's a—it's a common um, thought process I've heard. From Gnostics, I've heard from just people who are more on that side of things. Uh, the oh, occult yeah. I mean, of, in image, I mean, we're pretty damn close, right? Yeah, I mean, it specifically <laughs> says, like, we, we had, like, a whole discussion about, like, if in the image of God means, like, capable of the same level of creation, which it, we when have. we were reading earlier chapters, mm-hmm. which yeah. this definitely kind of, like, harkens back to, like, God's inherent fear of man becoming a god almost like a son a father fearing his son becoming stronger than him yeah it kind of actually feels yeah. like uh you have a little kid and uh you show mario kart for the first time and you are whooping him it slowly he comes <laughs> mm-hmm. on from eighth place to seventh and he thought today's a day he beats me at mario kart it's uh, you gotta start using that blue shell in virtually, you got, got yeah, a lot of ancient cultures. You unplug the console. You got to start pushing him around while he's playing. Yes. <laughs> There's so many like uh, theatrical examples in the ancient world of uh, that paradigm. Think of like Oedipus, like the fear, or or uh, there's a lot of uh, the fear of uh, the the sun replacing you. Do we want to jump into the next section? Because the next section is boring as fuck. Yeah, do you want to just, just describe it? Yeah, let's get, yeah. The, let's get those clips. So this is another Bagat, and I'll uh, reference some of the names in the Bagat when me and Alex do the edit that we've already done. Um, but uh, it, it basically tracks the lineage of Shem uh, that we went through in Chapter 10, which we definitely did uh, and recorded effectively. To the to Abraham the or Abram at the moment we'll find out how he becomes Abraham, but uh, it's just a bunch of bagats. Uh, the only important name is Afraxad, which is mentioned in chapter ten, uh, and he's kind of the the father's father of Israel. Um, he's where um, Arabs, like more specifically Muslims and uh, Jews, come from. Uh, he's he's the father of Ishmael and Isaac, um, okay. but that's that's really the only important name that gets mentioned in here. And then Terah is kind of important 
um, not phenomenally important. It's just the last, it's the father of Abraham or Abram. Afraxid was very old. He is, as I'm reading here, it's saying he was a uh, about 403. Ridiculously, I think old. Noah died at yeah. like 720 or something like that. Yeah, they they all lived. They they oh, that is one thing that that is worth talking about is uh, as we saw in the previous section of Bagats between uh, Adam and Noah, is the ages get a little shorter yeah. except for Methuselah. Yeah, that's the point. Um, and same, uh, same here. They're getting like slightly shorter. One hundred and sixty-seven. Yeah. They Shem, get, Shem was living like six hundred years. There's Shem. some. I know. Yeah. That, you can check, correct me on this. But I believe somewhere in the Bible, at some point, God limits it to one hundred and sixty-seven years. I don't know anything about that. I've been. I was taught that as a child. That may be wrong. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't help you. Those little we Noah might, asking somebody, it. how old can people get? They're like, ah, I don't know. One hundred sixty-seven. <laughs> So yeah, Alex, if you want to take us home uh, after, so that all, yeah. all of the shit I just skipped over is verses it, 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 um, uh, ten through twenty six. Yeah, so that's it's just a bunch of bagots, but it's worth checking out because there are some important names, not not super important, but part of the Torah is names. So yeah, and it tells like how how long they lived, um, and it ends with. Uh, and Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives the name of abram's wife was sarai and the name of nahor's wife milka the daughter of haran the father of milka and the father of isaac but sarai was barren she had no child and torah took abram his son and lot the son of haran his son's daughter son and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. I didn't catch if yours uh, mentioned this, but it... Uh... Mine mentions that Nahor's wife Milka was the daughter of his brother Haran. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, well, I that, that's a, that's an issue. That, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought, I, thought I, I recognized that while I was reading it. We checked the um, books. Uh, something came up. <laughs> also, it seems like Haran is both a person and a place. It does seem that way. It's just like Chicago and Mr. Chicago. <laughs> Surely there must be a better example. <laughs> surely, surely. The Chaldeans are mentioned twice here. Yeah. They're also they're not specific. They're mentioned in some translations of chapter ten, uh, but the Chaldeans are essentially just the entire coast of the Red Sea that's in Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia. Okay, so like so so when it says coast. Ur of the Chaldees, that's just Ur. Yeah, it's okay. just Ur. Okay. But the Chal the Chaldees is. Uh, the the northern coast of the Red Sea. That's okay. so you so you have a visual of what's going on there. Geography context. Yeah, well, a visual always help. Uh, and the second thing that's really worth mentioning for the sake of foreshadowing is Sarai or Sarah is wife of Abraham mm-hmm. and she is infertile. But yeah, uh, th- those are the those are the two big ones that I have notes on. But. Uh, what do, you, what do you guys think about uh, Tower of Babel? And also the Table of Nations, because we did discuss that. It's a cool first instance of mankind rebelling. Sticking it to the man. Sticking it to the fucking man. God's not communist. God's not a communist. That's a good takeaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this God does not appear to be a communist. God does not have a color, but it especially is not red. But it really, it really makes you wonder, like, what what kinds of stuff was God hearing at Babel to make him be like, mm, mm. 
Hmm. You know, like, did he have, you know, was he justified or was it, was he being a tyrant? And yeah, what were they yeah. doing? Anything that warranted it? Yeah, what were they doing? That, exactly, yeah. Personally, it's very. After the, like, the second, third chapter of Genesis where God starts to just like call the shots, no, no questions asked, no explanation, it reads that way of like just a really like angry being kind of petty yeah it's, it's like petty, when you want to build a tower. it's like with uh, yeah. sodom and gomorrah when he turns the wife to salt no not trying to spoil it it's just like well, well that's that's soon man i i could say a bunch of examples right now where it's, where it's like yeah this trope plays through yeah it does feel really petty that's, that's all we got for this one uh me and alex will we did cover chapter 10 it was great Um, great. i loved it sensitive and poised it was sensitive and poised you know you guys made some weird comments in there that i don't really think we're becoming of a podcast like this one you don't like the fact that we ethically justified uh triangular trade (laughs) that that was that was something i kind of forgot was till the next episode yeah yeah but that's kind of weird that you kind of just co-signed on our on our introduction yeah France over here. Okay, well. It was just a little bit odd, but I mean, there's no big deal. You hear it and you chose to keep sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, you know, future employers, they really probably couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nikolai Giuseppe, uh, he apologizes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this has been uh, the boys reading the Bible the first time in a second yeah for the first time in a second and also one of our shorter episodes in a second yeah i think our last one was like two hours because we read noah's ark but next episode we'll talk about uh the abrahamic covenant which is fun stuff a big landmark this is kind of a filler i think i've heard that name before you've heard that one you've heard father abraham yeah and we'll also be talking about president his uh, name is abram spoilers abram abram Abram. Dear. As far as the narrative is concerned, this is why we haven't Abram. done it in a while, bro. Um, this isn't the reason. No, wait. Actually, before we kill it, is there any comments about like this literature-wise? Because uh, this is kind of like a character-building moment for God. He made some weird choices. I don't know if I'm with this guy. I'm gonna be honest. He I was kind of digging gangster. the tower. I mean, I, I also agree with Noah. What Noah said, I like he. He did prove he was a gangster. He proved he, he was gang- straight That's G. Yeah. Like, I don't send nobody. I go down and deal with it myself. Well, I guess just in the wider cultural context, there's a lot of, like, uh, music and stuff that has spawned from this. Because we were talking, like, it is a way for them to reach God. And so yeah. it's a stairway to heaven, which... Oh, boy. Yeah, the cursed lick. What's the song you wanted to recommend? Oh, yeah, the other song I wanted to recommend. <laughs> this um, is real obscure Only one because it from is... From Led Zeppelin. <laughs> You've never heard <laughs> it's of it. It's a real deep cut. It's... <laughs> <laughs> From their from their e from their, from, from their demo album. <laughs> no, the uh, other song that I wanted to mention because it is nearly word for word. Uh, the band is called Genesis. The song is called Land of Confusion, and it's also got a really great music video. Had okay. to get one song. I already in plugged there. Uh, conversations with the devil. Ray Wiley Hubbard. <laughs> you looked it up. No, no, there's a song. Conversations with the Devil. Oh, not the song. It's actually a literary piece. I was referencing. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm referencing the song. You <laughs> the so we've got a literary reference. Yeah. We've got. I recommended Brick plus Mortar. He recommended. Uh, what's it? Genesis. Land Gen- of Confusion. Mine was Genesis, just a reference. Not a recommendation. You referenced uh, Conversations with the Devil by Ray Wiley Hubbard. <laughs> and Alex, what would you like to recommend? Related to this. Related to this. Um. Yeah, probably Naruto. I'm sure there's like a, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a nice big series. I'm, I'm 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 sure there's a tower in there at some point. Probably, yeah. They gotta knock down a tower. And there's once. you know, there's a fair amount of like, you know, archetypes in Naruto, so Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. maybe and there's a lot of episodes, so yeah. you know, maybe. One of them's yeah. gotta be Babel. Maybe. Yeah, one of them's <laughs> one of them. They had to have covered yeah. it. It's like yeah. the Simpsons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Naruto did it first. Uh we next episode we'll be covering the Abrahamic. No spoilers. Covenant and the story of Lot. Yeah, so uh, first episode back from a very long hiatus. See you guys Take next her time. easy. Keep See you guys next easy. week. Next week. That's what he meant I to promise. say. This guy. <laughs> 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.